Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun, FX's new international spy thriller The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com/network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. Well, hello, all you beautiful people. Welcome to another episode of Good Game. Nice try. I'm Sonia Reed, or OMG, it's Firefox, and I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Aaron Blair. Hello. Now, look, I know you said hello, beautiful people, mm-hmm. but maybe there's people out there that aren't beautiful, and that's okay too. I just want you all to know that we see you for the people you are inside, right? Inside and out, I think you're all beautiful. And it's, it's coming from someone who's not. I wouldn't consider myself a beautiful person. But I am beautiful on the inside, I lo- and I, I so I'm reaching out to those people who are maybe like me out there. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another Good Game Nice Try. Look, this is I'm very excited about this episode this week. Yes. Ask me why I'm excited. I mean, there's nothing really going on in the gaming world. There's nothing happening. Nothing crazy happening this yeah. week. It's been pretty boring, so I don't know what you could possibly be excited for. It's pretty chill, except there is one tiny little thing I think that happened. What? It's um it's right on the tip of my tongue. It's um Oh, oh, is it this breathtaking situation? Yeah, it's the uh it's Cyberpunk 2077, yes. everybody. That's right. We're gonna have our people insert some cool Woo. sounds of people screaming and uh, and excited and um, and I don't oh, know. happy, happy screaming, happy, not like yeah, right, concerned yeah. screaming. Not um, running from Godzilla screaming, more uh, <laughs> running towards Godzilla. I don't know what the. <laughs> I don't know what but the. But Cyberpunk better. 2077 is yes. out, and ooh, baby, am I excited? Mm. Yes, I. You know, this has got to be. It's it's definitely one of, if not the most anticipated game of the year, I would oh say. God. So I mean, like, of course, yeah, of course, I'm excited. It's either this or the sequel to Death Flush, Death Flush Two, Flush Harder. Yes, <laughs> those are the two. It's Cyberpunk seventy seven and Death Flush Two are the two. But I think Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven takes the cake for most. They've been pretty neck and neck, but yeah. I think Cyberpunk does come out on top. It came out yesterday, though. Yeah. But um, I've been trying to satiate my cravings just by going through their social media and trying to, like, pick up anything I can. And they did this teaser video with Johnny Silverhand. Gotta get out of here, I understand. And I'll kill anyone who gets in my way. And he just sounds like such a badass. Well, Johnny Silverhand, as we all know, is played by Keanu Reeves. Yes. So... It's hard to not make him badass. I don't know if you can. Can you make Keanu Reeves not badass? I don't think it's possible. Even in The Lake House, which was like a rom-com weird. Honestly, okay, I honestly did cry at the end. But even Aww. he was a badass even in that rom-com. Pick a place. I'll be there. I promise. Tomorrow, what do you say? 
But, Alex, it won't be tomorrow for you. You're, you're gonna have to wait. I know, I don't care, I'll wait! Keanu Reeves, badass 24-7. 25-8, some would say. Some would say that. They Mathematically add an extra day impossible. An extra, but- yeah, they add an extra day and an extra hour because he's so badass. But he's a main part of this game, you know, and it's made by CD Projekt Red, who obviously made The Witcher, and we did a great Clueless Gamer with The Witcher 3 with Conan. That was super fun. I'm the emperor of Milfgard, <laughs> if you know what I mean. So the Emperor of Nilfgaard. You've got to stop talking. Okay. You can't talk anymore. There's so much great stuff. You know what? We could talk about cyberpunk all day. We could talk about how dreamy Keanu Reeves is all day. And we will after we're done recording. We're going to keep talking about Keanu Reeves. But we got to get to our guest. We have a great guest today. She is one of my favorite video game people in the world, and she is in Cyberpunk 2077, which is very exciting, of course. She's all over the gaming industry. She's a writer. She's a producer. She's a gaming journalist, the holy trifecta of gaming. And you might remember her. She made a few headlines a little while back because due to it harass her online, she contacted their parents and sent their parents these messages, which is like... I love karma. She's also the host of the podcast Play, Watch, Listen, which you can also find on YouTube. Everybody, please welcome Alana Pierce. Hi, Alana. Hi. Good to see you. What's up? Oh, nothing. We're done, everybody. Thank you, everyone. And that's Good it. Night. All right. Well, thank it. you. It's a All short right, podcast chat. tonight. That's a short podcast. Keep it quick. Uh, we are so excited you're here uh, for many reasons, but I, I, I would love to get started with Look, let's talk a little cyberpunk. You are in the game. It's true, yes. And your character looks amazing. Can you describe your character to us? So my character in cyberpunk is uh, a nomad. You know, very. it's a very small character in that I can't give you, like, this deep understanding of what I went through to become this character. We can make it up. <laughs> yeah, I, I did give myself a bit of a backstory, to be fair. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, because because it also has the context of it being my actual accent, being a, an Australian accent of a person who's living in the outskirts of Night City, which is like sort of an L.A. type. And I was like, that's got to fit in there somewhere. But I do think that what I get to do is very cool. So I'm only available in the the Nomad Path. And you will find me if you're playing through Cyberpunk, uh, because you will at some point get this little ping that basically uh, tells you that your car, as as a nomad, uh, you're very attached to your vehicles. Your car, old car, has been located. Um, and I'm the one who has it. So Ooh. I've basically found V's car and I'm trying to modify it so that I can actually leave the area to try to get the hell out of Night City. And what players have to deal with when they find me is sort of a decision between do I want my old car back? That is something that is definitely very important to V. Um, do I want to hear this stranger out, the stranger being me, about why they need the car, why they want the car, what they've done to it. Uh, There are some cute little, like, arguments about what kind of modifications the car actually needs. And, like, (laughs) I get served a bit by V there for doing something incorrectly, even though I'm, like, technically uh, a mechanic uh, of sorts. Um, But, yeah, I'm on a journey to try to leave Night City because it's a bad place uh, that I need to get out of. And I'm pretty sure people can murder me. Uh, I'm not actually sure. (laughs) I think that can happen. (laughs) It's going to be interesting for me to watch. Um, because yeah, we are recording this before it, it comes out. So I have not seen any of that just yet. 
but that's that's basically it. It was it was definitely very cool to get to be a part of this and to get to less about the character specifically because like like I said, it is more focused on it being about V's car, and that is a, a cool thing that uh, canonically I have been able to inhabit. <laughs> it's pretty rad. Um, but the character herself is just going through some emotional struggles, a difficult time that I won't spoil. Um, and trying to leave Night City and get as far away as possible uh, because of that. I was uh, telling Sonia earlier that I, I'm i in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas as a 25% of all the joggers slash personal trainers. <laughs> and so when that game came out, I got like 40 texts of <laughs> dead bodies where people are like, found you, found you, found no. you, found you. <laughs> <laughs> I also love how they've like they've preserved the accent. I love how they kept the accent. And I I was listening to uh, something you had talked about recently, too, about how they've even kept some of your birthmarks and freckles. Can you tell us about like the process of how you're actually (laughs) modeled in the game? It was, it was a really cool process. The whole team was just so excited. They were figuring out what my quest was at first, uh, which was before I had a role in After Party where I play a DJ. I asked if I could be a DJ. I was like, is there a chance where I could be a DJ? Yes. It would have been very cool if I were a DJ across multiple games, but so they, many they games. didn't. I know, they didn't have a role for it. Um, so they, they chose the quest. I, I spoke to the quest designer about what they were going to do there, which was a lot of fun. Uh, and then the, the the process of getting me actually into the game was literally just a series of pictures. They basically were like, we need these angles with this amount of things. We need this this type and this type. Um, so I wasn't actually scanned into the game. So it is not an accurate, you know, scan of me. Um, it's not my body. The internet complained that my boobs look too small. <laughs> they had an image of me where I'm wearing a sports bra and a t-shirt. It would have been weird if they'd made it look different, if I'm being honest. <laughs> There are also some people who are like, you gave them naked pictures of you. Do you know what you've done? I was like, no, of course I didn't. Come on. No, just pictures of me in clothing. Come on. Oh um, so it was basically just following guidelines and getting these pictures. And um, I, I didn't ask for anything. I was like, you guys do whatever you want with these. But it's very cool to see, like, they have this freckle that I have on my cheek here that's, like, exactly there in the game. And I feel like, like, my nose is, like, such an uncommon shape. And it's, like, so wild to see it, like, on a character. I'm like, whoa, you got my nose. Um, I think they have this one freckle that's on my belly button, even though I did not send pictures of that. It's like, it's just, Whoa. it's very, very cool. Um, Whoa. I mean, there are Whoa. pictures of me in a bikini on the internet yeah, somewhere. Yes, yeah. uh, me too, me too, me too. <laughs> I think they did at least, but uh, yeah, very, very cool stuff. That's like so, so surreal to see in a video game that I've been excited about since that reveal trailer forever ago. And I'm such a huge fan of CG Project Red. Um, Witcher 3 is my favorite game of the last generation. So being involved in this in any capacity was really awesome. And their excitement was really cool. Like literally everyone I've spoken to at the studio, even the people directing me in the booths, um, even the feedback I was getting uh, as we did a few iterations of the scripts and stuff, um, was just, just so, they're just so passionate about what they've done. Anything you work on where the people around you are passionate about what they're doing, it makes it more exciting to work on. So my experience was like extremely positive. They were a great team to work with for sure. Did they allow you to do any like improv or was it all scripted or how did that, how did that I work? I mean, a little bit. There was a small amount of yeah. flexibility there, but I like tend to just run on the assumption that they know better than me. So I wasn't trying to. I think mm. I probably could have pitched stuff. Like I said, I did pitch originally. I was like, can I be a DJ? Uh, because I think that would be really cool if I'm just a DJ in multiple video games. I agree. Um, again, no room for a DJ. But uh, no, my attitude was very much like, you're one of my favorite studios ever. I'm not going to tell you how to do any of this. I will listen to what you have to say. Am I doing this okay? Can I do this better? How do we feel about this? Um, there was one part where... Uh, I guess like the way that a sentence was written, I was like, 
this sentence is a bit strange. And they were like, well, the sentence is strange because you haven't encountered the way that people speak in Night City yet. So it doesn't, it wasn't written correctly because certain words are removed because they have a different kind of shorthand. So that was kind of a law oh. thing that I just wasn't aware of until I was reading the script. So it is a slightly different way of speaking um, that definitely confused me at first. And then, I, you know, that happened and I was like, you guys know what you're doing. I'm not going to wow. give anything. You've got it. I'm just here to try to help. Maybe, hopefully I didn't screw it up. <laughs> wow. That is really, really cool. I love yeah. that. And I, that is the depth of thought that goes into something like that is super fascinating. I love that stuff. They definitely thought everything through. I can 100% confirm that. Um, and like yeah. I said, just so cool to watch all of that stuff, even be a tiny part of it. Um, but also from just every time I've ever spoken to the team or the small amount of the game that I did get to play several months ago, it was just, just mind-blowingly cool. And I hope uh, everyone's enjoying it while playing it right now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> In terms of, you know, you are, you're such a great writer and it must have been really cool to get some insights in, in working with CD Projekt Red just from a writer's perspective. Was there anything you learned just in terms of storytelling or the way they approach, like in terms of the way that they approach that dialogue, that mm. kind of lore? Are there any uh, writery lessons you took from your work in Cyberpunk? For all the video games that I have worked on, Cyberpunk is the first one that has had dialogue options. And watching the way that they even map that out um, mm. from a script perspective is so different from anything that I'd ever seen. Uh, in that it's it's there are branching trees and linking trees. It basically in something that looks like a giant Excel spreadsheet um, where they have to manage like this is said in this tone and this is said in this tone and this is said yeah. in this tone to make sure that you know when I go in there as a voice actor that I can be like okay well this one is the sad line that comes off of that line potentially. But it's also really difficult to write that stuff um, when. You have to make sure every single sentence, despite the tone that the previous sentence was said in, can link with the next one, even if the next one isn't said with the same aggressive tone. It's like very difficult. Um, I have written on something like that once before, but it's very difficult to do. And, and it was really cool to see how they have it all mapped out in person, uh, for sure. Uh, just so such a good indication of how incredibly difficult video games are to make and to write, for yeah. sure. When you're thinking it's, it's not just throwaway lines and there are lines written in there that people will potentially never see because they've made the opposite choices, but you still have to write every single one with just as much care and detail as the previous one. So definitely cool to see that in person and, and watch how much effort it went into, you know, just giving players a lot of choices, a lot of options for sure. In my yeah. mind, I, I know they're using a program to do that, but in my mind, it's like a yarn wall, like in True Detective. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a cool process to have to, I, I love to use, uh, as Blay likes to say, how the sausage is made. Um, mm -hmm. Seeing kind of like the behind the scenes of that creation. And I guess, you know, talking about writing, you have a new job, Thank you. which yes, is I really, yes, really yes. exciting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that in your new role? Oh, all I can tell you is that I'm a writer at video game company, uh, Santa Monica Studio for Sony. That's literally Ooh. all I can say. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's huge. It is. It's very exciting. I was making a lot of effort to write on video games and animated show and write a lot of uh, stuff in my spare time to sort of like try to get into video game writing. Like this is what I really, really wanted to do. Um, and then a junior position came up at Santa Monica Studio, which, you know, is something that's so rare. So, you know, I had to jump at the opportunity, obviously. Um, an absolute pleasure to be working there, but I cannot tell you anything about it. You know, you've talked about how you've been, uh, you know, kind of 
public facing and, you know, on video and doing hosting stuff, but you know, like writing's where your, where your heart's at. And now are you excited to kind of be a little more behind the scenes? Absolutely. It's so good. <laughs> um, writing has been the thing <laughs> I, that I've still done with most of my time. Even when I was at Rooster Teeth, I was writing inside gaming daily every day and doing a lot of editing. So it's something that I've never not done. And I, I still really enjoy content creation. That's the thing that I have a lot of fun with. But uh, not having my job have to be public is very nice. Because it's like, I can choose when I want to do that. It doesn't have to be a thing that I have to do. And it's also, it can be difficult when you feel like you're making content in an immediate to entertain an audience. Like, I think that that's just, like, obviously you guys would know about that. It can be very difficult to, like, deal with the pressure of, especially this year, I've had a, a fair amount of it of like, I, I just want to help people get through this pandemic, give them content yeah. to watch it. Like you put all that on your shoulders sometimes and that can be really tough. Um, and I think mm -hmm. it's, you know, after I wrote for two years before I started working on camera and, and I've effectively been on camera for, I would say seven years now. And it's definitely not something I'm going to stop doing. I don't have to stop streaming. I don't have to stop my YouTube channel or any of that. Um, but it's certainly nice to be able to separate it from my professional life and just have it be a hobby um, and have that pressure removed is something that I'm very happy to, to have. <laughs> uh, and just so much respect to people who do content creation full time, which I've never done um, as an independent because it's really hard and in a way that nobody ever gives anyone credit for. Ever. It's like, would you sit in front of a camera and talk about video games? It's so much harder than that and so taxing and people pry so much. And it, it it's also extremely rewarding, of course, but it's like a, a, a job you you just constantly get mocked for while also working very hard for an audience. That it, it's, um, I can't even imagine doing it full time. I feel like it's got to be so tough. So definitely a ton of credit to the people who are, who are doing that to such a great degree too. Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun, FX's new international spy thriller The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. You've had your mom, uh, you've streamed with your mm -hmm. mom. How is she as a streamer? Um, so I've made YouTube videos with my mom, no streaming because alas, oh, okay. uh, my internet connection in Australia is so poor that oh, I cannot dude. stream if I go home. It just doesn't work. Um, but I have, yeah, I've had my mom on podcasts. Um, I've made, 
I did a full playthrough of Untold Dawn with my mom on my YouTube channel. I had my dad Aww. on videos. My dad is a massive attention whore. So I, I made him play VR for the first time and recorded him. And he's just oh sitting God. there like it, like oh it is a stand-up routine, making jokes and just like going all out. So and I, I guess I, I have to ask, what VR did you put your dad in? Like, what was he playing? <laughs> I made him play Job Simulator. Oh, nice. okay, that's cute. That's yeah, cute. and like he... That. Like, it was just very cool because he, like, you know, my dad makes jokes about video games all the time, and then he's really bad at them. Like, he'll always be like, oh, can you, like, sue Nintendo? Because I keep falling off Rainbow Road. Like, he makes <laughs> those dad jokes about how he tries to, like, get involved in my hobby, but just garbage at it. Your dad and I share that in common. Your dad and I share that in common. I'm also terrible. He picked up Job Simulator so perfectly that I felt like it was just such a testament to VR that he knew exactly what to do and how to do it immediately. The only issue he had was he would try to lean on something that wasn't there, and then I came oh up <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah, but aside from that, like it was crazy to watch because I think like he was 60 when I put him in VR and just perfectly understood everything. Like fully, awesome. you know, made that garbage in that kitchen and job simulator. And it yes. was it was really cool to watch. Like I gotta get my grandma next. She's 93, and I'm like, I'm gonna oh. take my Oculus Quest home. <laughs> You'll see, Nan. Did you feel so the first time I ever did job simulator, first time I ever did VR was job simulator, and I played it for like two and a half hours. Uh mm -hmm. Did you feel like this is all a VR game when you got out of it? I got out and I was just disappointed. I'm like, I'm just going back in. I'm like, it's way less colorful. I'm just putting this back on. I have reviewed a few VR games and one of them was Kronos, which is a game I really love. But that is, a, is quite a long game. It's like one of the longer VR games. It's very much like mm -hmm. a Zelda Dark Souls type. And I was playing it for like six hour stints. And one of those, I missed a meeting because you just, you just lose concept of time. Like you just, and then I got out it got out of VR is such a weird <laughs> phrase, but I took the headset off and it was dark outside and it was like I had left the casino. I was just like, wait, <laughs> a, what? Yeah, it like, definitely feels no like, yeah, it feels super weird. And I, I keep having this with Animal Crossing lately that I was playing so much Animal Crossing that I would then see a bug in the real world and I'd be like, hmm. Or I'd see like a straight line of like flowers or something and be like, nice planting formation. Wait a minute. <laughs> but it was happening to me for a really long time. <laughs> yeah, when you mentioned uh, when you mentioned your dad kind of leaning into VR, I had a little flashback to uh, my experience playing Job Simulator. And I think it was a longer stint of like five to six, seven hours playing VR. And then I was finally like, oh man, I'm like, I'm really tired. I'm just going to put these controllers down for a set. And I tried, mm -hmm. I tried to put them on the counter that was in mm -hmm. front of me, a job simulator. <laughs> and then I just heard them crash on the floor. <laughs> I saw a, um, a video that you did where you opened up a little bit more about uh, your, your battle with mental health at, at a point and how playing games kind of like helped you through that and mm -hmm. specifically playing The Witness, yeah. a puzzle game, super oh, colorful. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess looking back, you, you mentioned a good question, how mental health is represented in video games. Do you feel that it's grown in representation in this space? Uh, I'm on the board of a uh, charity organization called Checkpoint, which specifically focuses on the relationship between mental, mental health and video games. And we have a ton of resources cool. about that exact thing yeah, that is very much like, great. because the thing about mental health is there's so many shades of it, right? Like I have people all the time ask me about anxiety and I'm like, I don't have anxiety. I'm not a person mm -hmm. who suffers from anxiety. I don't feel I can help you with that. But there are 
this list of games that we created that can help people who have anxiety. Um, I have had depression before, so I can try to, to relate to you about depression or talk to you about depression as someone who's dealt with that thing, even though I recognize it's different for everyone. So, uh, but yeah, Checkpoint has tried to put together as many resources as possible to try to help people out with that stuff. I think That's sometimes awesome. it's just worth, A, the sense of reward that you get from video games. Like, I, I maintain that we don't really like playing MMOs. We just like the cool-looking armor and the sense of accomplishment <laughs> from finishing a quest. It's just clicking. Do you really enjoy that? <laughs> I don't know that you do. <laughs> but you get this sense of accomplishment that maybe, um, especially for people who are disabled, this is a huge thing. I had uh, a lot of health problems last year that meant that I was bedridden for a pretty long time. And the sense of accomplishment you get from video games, especially like when you can be a character who can physically do things that you may not be able to do is just so rewarding. Uh, so mm -hmm. yeah, there, there are a lot of different avenues to explore there and a lot of different, different ways to get even an endorphin rush from games. But then I also always want to recommend that people play things that are chill, like games like Abzu uh, I, yeah, is, a, is a, just beautiful. like a really beautiful, chill game. Uh, playing Minecraft in creative mode is something that can be really relaxing. There's a game called Descenders that I play anytime that I'm particularly stressed. Just a downhill my, mountain biking game. So, have you played stuff. Gris or Grease or GRIS? I haven't, but it is beautiful. Oh, it's lovely. It's lovely. It's, How, like it's short, right? Well, I'm dumb and slow, so it's long <laughs> for me. But it is a short game for most people. Yes, that's true. And it's interesting that you mention, uh, because about it being an individual Mental health is so individual, right? And and it's mm -hmm. interesting about how different games can satisfy those, you know, different deficiencies in, in, in mm -hmm. all of us. And one thing in particular I loved about The Witness was not just that it was calm and all these things, but in terms of like my mental health, it was really interesting because I found that game amazing, but so frustrating <laughs> in certain parts. Yeah. And it's like, so for people who don't know, The Witness is, it's by Jonathan Blow, who did Braid. Uh, you're on this island. It's beautiful. It's colorful. There's no other people. What I loved about it was, and something I didn't expect, is it gave me confidence when yeah. I figured out a puzzle, because it doesn't teach you anything. There's no words in it. So you're just figuring out these mazes that all have different rules. And it gave me confidence in a great way. And I think that's something that's really never talked about in video games. Like when you're just talking about like, playing MMOs and it's not the clicking we like, it's the fact that it's giving, it's empowering us, which mm -hmm. is, I, I think something that's never really talked about. Even like Counter-Strike or something is empowering people in a certain yeah. way, you know, making them I feel. I think puzzle games are especially good about that. Like The Witness yeah. is such a good example because of yes. that language you're talking about where it doesn't tell you how to do the thing. It just gives you the thing and trust that you'll figure out how to do it, which right, I feel like right. makes it extra rewarding. Um, yes. Yeah, that was a great game for me to, to be playing during a really dark period of time. Well, you're right. Like I was also you know, yelling like, curse you, Jonathan Blow! Oh <laughs> my God! Thoughts of it are really hard, but But then the once you part, got it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I was still mad at him. <laughs> All right, well, let's, so let's talk about best game, worst game. Mm, I'm going to start with my uh, hated game because, okay. look, I don't have a good answer, okay? So if you, like, I've been thinking about this since it came up. You're like, what game do you hate? And I'm like, I don't know that I hate any video game, so it's hard. However, I have opinions on Alan Wake uh, that people really love. That <laughs> I have opinions. <laughs> that I bring up a lot to the extent that it makes it sound like I hate that game a lot more than I do because I'm in it for the meme at this point. So I was like, if I'm going to talk about anything, it's probably going to be goddamn Alan Wake. 
Uh, uh, again, beloved. Sam Lake's a great writer. I love that studio. I even liked the next game, which nobody really <laughs> likes. Control is fantastic, etc. Alan Wake. This motherfucker has the audacity to tell me that he is on this quest to save his wife, right? This like, all this shit's happening. You, you gotta save your wife. That's what's driving you forward in the story. Meanwhile, every time he talks about his wife, he fucking hates her. So how am I supposed to feel your drive, Alan, to leave this shitty cabin in this shitty woods to go find your stupid wife that you clearly don't care about? You don't even care about. You don't even like her. I don't like her. So now you want to get me committed? No, it's not like that. That's not... Alan? Alan? I don't, just don't. What if we just left her? Be fine. <laughs> if we take this in a different direction? Yeah. And just... What if we leave? She could be off with some other man being happy and not with her husband who hates her because he's yeah. like broody writer. Like everything could be <laughs> fine. You don't have to do that. But then because the game focuses so much on Alan being this noir detective writer type who's that generic sad boy that I feel like, you know, Max Payne is, but I do love Max Payne. Alan, like, also narrates everything in a way that it just is so much shit that he does that I just, like, started to hate him. I could sense the movement in the woods ahead. Facing the enemy without a weapon was dangerous, but I had no choice. You know, like, you you have to go in a certain direction. And uh, you know you have to go there because it's a, it's a relatively linear game. That's the way you right. have to go. But then yeah. the camera zooms in on a ladder. And then Alan says, guess I gotta go up that ladder. And I'm like, oh, no shit, really? <laughs> Oh, riveting, cool. riveting Thanks, narration. I had to yeah. figure that out. <laughs> riveting. It that that speaks that speaks to something I really hate in video games, which is when the character says something to themselves that like you would never. You don't speak like that. You're yeah. like, oh, I don't know. I'm feeling pretty shitty. I should maybe eat some food. Yeah, yeah. I never. I just eat. I don't. You know. I feel like uh, Naughty Dog games do it in a way that like annoys me a little bit because it means that they know. So they'll be like, oh, another locked door, and I'd be like, the fact that you wrote that means you know that I'm annoyed <laughs> that there's another locked door. Just get rid of the locked door. Don't write the line of dialogue. Or like Nathan Drake's like, oh, I got to slide down another mud hill. I'm like, you knew that that was a thing that I didn't want to do. So like, don't yeah. ride it. Just get rid yes, of the mud. Yes, you do. <laughs> Just go. Yeah. Like, I appreciate I that it. they speak to me when I'm playing through things. But yeah, I developed over the over time this irrational hate of Alan Wake and his <laughs> broody, like, emo boy bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> while I finished that game and enjoyed it. Do you think that you hate the game more than he hates his wife? Or is it like a pretty <laughs> I don't know that that's possible. Balanced. Yeah, okay. I don't know that I can compete with that. That's, that's all that I hate. He does not give a fuck about her. <laughs> but but I, I do really like enjoy playing that game. And I did finish it twice. But I just feel like my hate for Alan became a, a, a badge that I wear. Just like, fuck you, Alan Wake. I don't know why I'm doing all of this for you. you we need ass. a physical badge that says that yeah. maybe. <laughs> fuck you, for you. Alan It would be, be great, yeah, to do... Maybe Maybe you write a game where uh, it's from the point of view of his wife and she's like, oh my, God, my spoiled God. husband is such a turd. Yeah, exactly. It's just yeah. like, Ugh. Um, Which alone. conversely jumps right into what my favorite game is, if you guys are ready for that. I, yes, Because please. it's the exact same genre. The game is the same. Uh, my what? favorite game is Deadly Premonition, which is bad. Um, I've never it, heard of it. I've never what even is heard it? of it. What well, is the it? second Explain game it. just came out. Uh, it's either a 0 out of 10 or a 10 out of 10, depending on who you ask. Okay. Oh. Deadly <laughs> Premonition is what happens when a Japanese writer-director watches Twin Peaks and decides he wants to make an American detective video game in a weird town that is Twin Peaks. But you can tell he's never been to the Pacific Northwest because it's really off. The characters are completely insane. 
It's Twin Peaks the video game, but weirder. What do you think is really happening here in Greenvale? Zach, it's all starting to come together. Love this. Because again, written by a Japanese man who's clearly never been to the Pacific Northwest. Love this. It's a survival horror. Uh, the director's cut really gets rid of a lot of the combat because supposedly Swery, the director, didn't even really want to have any of the combat. They were like, we well, probably should, it's a video game. So there's just like <laughs> some spooky combat bits. There's There are boss fights where like you're basically fighting like Super Saiyan Hulk. It gets very strange, but it is ultimately a detective game uh, set in a town where these girls keep dying and you have to figure out who's doing it and why. And everyone's really weird, so figuring it out is very, very, very fun. Um, cool. What's like the most off? Like what, uh, what really throws you oh, off? What in is that? the most off in Deadly Primitive? I, if you play it, <laughs> if you can, and you should. You will be like, I get why that was hard for her to answer. The most off. I mean, there's this character who's just like in a driveway holding a pot, like yelling at you about how she can't <laughs> find one of her shoes. So the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, the most famous cutscene, which I implore you both to go watch, is about this yes. thing called a sinner's sandwich, which is the Ke the Kellogg's uh, cereal. I'm forgetting the name of. Cornflakes. It's cornflakes. I think it's Kellogg's turkey and jam. <laughs> so it's those in a sandwich. And this one character is like at a diner and orders that. The usual. One turkey, strawberry jam, and cereal sandwich. Sounds like the sinner's sandwich. Self-inflicted punishment to atone for past sins. And it's a sinner's sandwich, and then it's just like what? dramatic cut of other people being like, the sinner's sandwich, he must be <laughs> repenting for his sins. Stop. And it's just, it's, again, bad video game. But wow. it is the most endearing, bizarre experience that even though it, it's so it's like if you're asking me for like the objective best video game of all time, it's Portal. But if you're asking me for my favorite video game of all time, <laughs> it's Deadly Premonition, which is like in nice. the objective list, like 10,000. <laughs> it gets really fun. <laughs> nice. I love it. Yeah, I, I absolutely <sighs> love that game. And like I said, it's either a 10 out of 10. I think Jim Sterling gave it a 10 out of 10. I think IGN at the time maybe even gave it a 9 or a 10. Wow. But it has plenty of zeros as well. <laughs> <laughs> but that's Very it. Much. It's like a favorite games. It's it's all personal opinion. Yeah, yeah for no. the whole, well, some you know sometimes. <laughs> Alana Pierce, thank you so much for being here. Mm -hmm. This was an absolute yes. treat for us. Absolutely, of course. Thank you. I cannot wait to play Cyberpunk. I think talking to Alana makes me want to play Cyberpunk. I, I want to sink deep into Night City and maybe go find her character or something, right? Seems yeah, fun. that's a priority now. I'm going to go, I'm going to meet up with Alana. <laughs> it's a we're life gonna, goal. We're going to kick it in the junkyard. I'm putting it on my bucket yeah, list. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be like actually having some kind of human interaction with somebody that I know um, <laughs> in a, a completely different format. <laughs> <laughs> What's that like? Human, human interaction? interaction? What? Oh, I don't know what that is anymore, but I do know that Alana is fantastic and she does fantastic work in the gaming industry, uh, also with mental illness. So make sure to check out CheckpointOrg.com if you want to learn some more about that. And you can hang out with Alana a little bit more on Play, Watch, Listen on YouTube. And don't leave just yet. We do have a special treat for you. That's right. When we come back, we're going to get Conan's thoughts on Cyberpunk 2077. So put your big boy pants on and buckle up. We'll be right back.
Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. All right, well, before we go today, we have a special treat for everybody. We're going to bring Conan O'Brien in and talk to him a little bit about Cyberpunk 2077 in a segment we like to call The Clueless Minute. This is exciting. This is exciting. Yeah, we we do have a special guest today. You guys don't seem excited at all. Can I just say something? <laughs> you guys are like, oh, this is exciting. Yeah, there's someone here. You know what I mean? You made it sound like the guy with uranium waste is here. <laughs> you know, it's Conan O'Brien. You you know, there should be some excitement. And instead, uh, you guys, you know, you're enduring our kooky uncle who has a smells like potatoes. Like, oh is, God, uh, he's, is here. By. he's here. He's yeah. here. But no, I am glad. I'm I'm. I'm, I'm proud of you guys. I think you're doing a good job. And uh, I know that I have a reputation for not being great at video games, but I, I do like to try and stay current. I want to appear cool to my kids and their friends. So if it's okay, I like to pop in periodically and just find out what's going on. Well, we're glad you're here because I think we want to kind of get your temperature about a game that's very hot. So uh, how about we play a little game among ourselves and I'll show you a little artwork from the game and you kind of try to guess what it's about. Sure, no problem. All right, I'm pulling up the cyberpunk image now. So Conan, can you describe what you're seeing? Ah, there is a guy, um, looks to be, uh, he's got some scars. I'm gonna say late 20s, Caucasian, clearly a robotic arm. Probably I'd mention that first in a police description. That wouldn't be the, I wouldn't say male, white, <laughs> 28. Oh yeah, robotic arm. And uh, I'm gonna say that's the dumbest collar I've seen on a leather jacket in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Is that a fashion thing, the collar, or does it give him some kind of superpower? Because that I don't understand. If it's a fashion thing, it's a terrible mistake. But if it's protecting his uh, neck and skull because it's creating some sort of beam or cushion, then I accept it. It could be both. As a fashion statement, I would never buy that coat. I, I do think it is just a fact. In the future, in 2077, they got cool neon coats, you know? Maybe it's, it's like, like a mood ring, you know? Yeah. It's like a yeah. neck yeah. mood ring. No, that's uh, <laughs> awful. That's awful. I was thinking that has to be doing something for him. And his arm looks like it's cracked. So is he... Oh, cyber. Oh, hey. so he's like a- There we go. Okay, yep. and punk. So, huh. That, th- is that the music he's into? Uh, is he someone who's very submissive in jail? What does it mean, <laughs> I cyber? Think he, I think he's just like a, it's, it's like cool, like cyber punk. Like, not with that collar, oh, no, well, no. He's, so he, <laughs> if he goes into any situation and it's like, I am here, I am cyberpunk, the first thing they're gonna do is go, what, what's with the collar? <laughs> and he's gonna be like, it is not important. It is Does it do anything or is that, did that come with the jacket? Is it removable? Does it zip off? Cause you should take it off. It is of no consequence. I am cyberpunk. Can you just, can you, is it, is that a reversible jacket? Can you reverse it so there's no, enough with the color. Why do we have to keep talking about the color? I love how that's how he intros himself too. 
Like, hello, I am Cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah. Well, Maybe. that's what I do when I walk into a room. I go, hello, I am Conan O'Brien. And people say, "Are you? is that jacket really what you're wearing? And then it's a whole thing. In this game, you can, and you kind of hit it on the head, you can modify your body. You can give yourself cybernetic Ooh, enhancements. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would any- love to enhance my body in any way I could. What would you do? Well, Sonia, that's a little personal. Uh, but I feel I, like we're there. Okay, very nice of you to say. Uh, let's see. I don't like my proportions of my body. Uh, my legs are very, very long. And then my torso is very, very, uh, small. So I have like these NBA center legs and then the torso of a, of a six-year-old girl and not a healthy one. So, uh, I would change the proportions of my body. That's what I would do. You could do any, you could put machine guns on your forearms. You could do anything you want. You just want a proportionate body. I want a video game where you'll go into an alternate reality where Conan O'Brien has a proportionate body. <laughs> I don't need weapons. I don't need superpowers. I don't need anything else other than a body that uh, when I go to a tailor, he's like, oh yeah, we can give you something off the rack. I don't want to have to have it made for me. And I don't want the tailor to go, whoa, 38 inch leg. That's crazy. So that's the, someone developed that game you- and call it not hate yourself world. 2077. 2077. Right. <laughs> I appreciate your priorities. Yeah. You don't want any like laser eyes or anything? That's all you want. Just I think new- I have laser eyes. Have you seen me when I'm not happy, Aaron? Many times. And I give someone a look? Yes. I have laser eyes. Yes. And I have very powerful, Sonia, I have, uh, Blay has been with me for a very long time and he's seen me under extreme circumstances and he's seen my abilities. I have super strength when angered, kind of like the Hulk. I do have <laughs> sort of laser eyes. I have a vein underneath my eye that pulsates when either threatened or enraged. So I think I have most of the things I would want. You're already cyberpunk. Thank you very much. I think I am cyberpunk. Uh, not strong, not good in a fight, <laughs> but, but in many other ways I am cyberpunk. Look, he's on a subway and he yeah. looks depressed. That's right. I've just pulled up an image now where uh, V is, so v, you play as V, a mercenary outlaw going after a one-of-a-kind implant that's a, the key to immortality. You can customize your player's cyberware, skill set, and play style and explore a vast city where the choices you make shape the story and the world around you. You know what I will say? And this always happened whenever we would shoot gaming segments. Um, the part that always broke me was when Blay, when Aaron, when you would read the description, because so many times it was the same thing. It was, you're on a world called Heldrex Nine. (laughs) They've run low on Zabordium. You are one of the elders of six. You must make it to the Council of Nine who have control over the League of (laughs) Twelve. It's like, I'm gone. I can't follow you. It's this... It's this kooky local bureaucracy. You must find the Glorbar stone. Okay, what happens if I get that? Then you will be able to enter the world of Orbar. Wait, Glorbar? No, Orbar, idiot. So actually, this was the most succinct explanation. This guy's just looking for a live for a long time pill. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Essential. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah the cool caller. Right. This is just look for a long time pill video game. I like how the first image of him is him with the gun, and then this image is him on a subway, but he's not making any effort to holster the gun. He's just holding it. This is what it's like to hang out in Texas. Like, you know, you just, you go to a Dairy Queen or you go to a, you go to a caramel corn store and the person serving you has a howitzer strapped to their thigh. (laughs) Do you think, so 
what's your kind of verdict? Do you think you'll be playing Cyberpunk 2077 or this isn't this doesn't really do it for you? I'm getting the sense maybe. Uh well, I don't know. I don't want to say no. I don't want to say absolutely no. I might give it a shot. I would give this game a shot just to see what it's like. And the graphics look pretty cool. And uh, I do like games where you get to fire a weapon. It does, I do. I, it unleashes a lot of the rage, which has been boiling inside of me since the Kennedy administration. So uh, I say I'll give it a try. All right, there we go. Great. Well, thanks. There. And now we all know your body modification wishes. Yes, please. I want to buy clothes off the rack. So someone invent that game called Off the Rack. <laughs> Oh, Conzie. I don't think that I'm close enough to be calling him Conzie, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Uh, it was good to get his take on what he would want, you know, a body modification in Cyberpunk. I 100% agree with you. It's always a pleasure when he stops by, and I'm not just saying that because he pays me, and it's in my contract that I have to say it every time. Well, thank you all for joining us and listening to this week's episode of Good Game. Nice try. And don't forget, give it a little rate. Give it a little subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And we want to hear from you too. So make sure to use hashtag GGNT. Give us some game recommendations, uh, some things you want us to review, anything. And if we end up using your suggestion, you can get a little treat. We're going to hook you up with some free stuff. So we will see you all next week. Good Game Nice Tries, produced by Jen Samples and Nick Liao. Our executive producers are Joanna Solitaroff, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Engineering by Mr. Will Beckton with engineering and sound design by Hannes Brown. Music by John Danik. See y'all next week. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.